Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, not too bad of a day today. Sunny and a high of 67. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 60. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Angelina Jolie is in transition as a person and is, quote, still understanding who I am at 48. She says she's working on her new fashion house, uh, Alt, Alt, Atelier Jolie. Uh, Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. Atelier Julia has helped her rediscover herself, her new fashion house. Now, so when you say she's transitioning, you just see her, uh, well, what do you mean by that? Uh, she's uh, trying to get her, um, how do you say it? Uh, trying to get, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I have no idea. <laughs> She's trying to get herself in order. She, know, she, just, she, had a, she had a bad run with Brad Pitt. Yeah. With that whole, like, physical altercation thing they had back in 2016. She has never been the same since. And uh, she's just trying to trying to find herself. See, because when, you know, in, by today's standards, when someone says they're transitioning. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder, well, I mean, she's Angelina Jolie. I mean... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I know. I hate to see the one that got away. Well, she's not going to get away because she's got like 12 kids to go along with her. I suppose. Brad Pitt's like, oh, here they come again. It's my weekend, isn't it? I'll pick you up at the McDonald's, okay? (laughs) On Route 5, I'll meet you in the parking lot. She pulls up in like a... Like a caravan, and the kids get out, and yeah. Brad just standing there with a Happy Meal, going, "I don't have enough money for everybody." It's got like a 1975 station wagon. Yeah. Uh, a new relationship is exciting. It can leave you feeling butterflies, and sometimes it's the only thing you can talk about. Just ask the folks of Kansas City. Days after Taylor Swift cheered on Travis Kelsey at the Chiefs' latest home win, many in the uh, city are still buzzing. Of course, the, uh, the internet still is, too. The 33-year-old Sif seems to bring a wave of excitement and fervor everywhere she goes, and she can also be a boon to the economy. Welcome to Kansas City, Taylor. They've been waiting for you. Uh, sales of Travis Kelsey game jerseys yeah. have nice. gone up 400% since Sunday. This, uh, I wish she would just go out on a date with me for a day just so I can, you know, Sell those Steve Nagel's my safe word t-shirts yeah. for like 50 bucks a piece. Think how you'd explode with Instagram likes. I know. I know. This She is so good for social media. She's a major status symbol. This is becoming, uh, you know, the more I watch uh, the TikTok videos and everything, this mm-hmm. is becoming like a saga. People are following this, this new relationship that Taylor is in in order to, you know... It, it, complete their sagas that they want to see played out. You know, she's amassed more failed relationships than you'd find roadkill on an interstate highway. She dates this guy, and all of a sudden, the entire world loses their minds. You know what? We're a a weird breed. Aren't we ever? You're not a true Swifty if you don't support this. No, I totally support it. It's a a life-changing piece of news. Uh, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom are being accused of trying to evict a dying Army veteran from his home. They brought the place from him several years ago. 
But he claims he wasn't sound of mind when he signed the deal. So now uh, Katie's being sued. I would not want to be, like, have that kind of money and then be making deals with tenants. No. You're just bound to run into some issues. Although I can see her uh, recording a song called I Evicted a Veteran and I Like It. You evicted a veteran and you like it. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, she's doing from, you know, I kissed a girl and I liked it to I evicted a veteran. Uh, I think that will go. I think that'll be our next hit. I'd buy it. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, and Stephen Colbert are all returning to Late Night on Monday. That H- sounds like a threat. I know. HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher returns on Friday, and last week with uh, John, last week tonight with John Oliver returns on Sunday. But he wasn't, uh, John Oliver didn't usually come on until November anyway. So it's not like he missed production no. on his television show. Because he was he runs from like November to like June, I think. Yeah, I don't know what the schedule is for that. But, but either way, everyone gets back to work now. Which is probably for the best. Get back to work. Yeah. You lazy bums. You lazy Hollywood writer bums. Now, what's going to happen to scabs like, uh, you, you know, um, Drew Barrymore? Well, no. She Remember, she backed away from that. She tried doing it once, and then she's like, I'm going to do this. And then yeah. everybody's like, Drew, we're, we're threatening your life. Writers don't have short memories. Yeah. And That's Drew, why they write. And then Drew goes, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe we should just wait till this whole thing is over. Gee, you think? Kevin. Scab. Kevin Bacon wanted to be taken as a serious actor in the 1980s, so he rejected the fame that came with being in Footloose. He says, quote, When I became a pop star, the last thing I wanted to be was a pop star. I had already moved into I don't I want to be. He had already moved into I want to be Dustin Hoffman or uh, Robert De Niro. I want to work with Martin Scorsese. I want to do uh, I want to do all kinds of great films. You know what I mean? I think in some ways I tried to self-sabotage that piece of myself and my popularity. That was a great movie, though. Which one? Footloose. Footloose? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, he's been in so many well, good I, movies. That, I mean, you know, did you realize he was also in Friday the 13th? Kevin Bacon was? Yes, he was. How? What, what did he play in Friday the 13th? He, play, he plays the guy, I believe the actual name of the character is the guy that dies. Oh, so he just plays a victim? Big, they were all victims. Well, I know, but he just plays a non-speaking part victim? No, I believe he had a speaking role in which he was a victim. Really? Yeah, I believe so. I had no idea he was in that. Yeah. Are you making that up? Or you no, seriously. I read, it, yeah, I, I read it when we were interviewing that guy. I wasn't even paying attention when we were interviewing that guy. I was just kidding. Uh, Kevin <laughs> says he was very uncomfortable with all the photo shoots and the magazines that came with it. Everything that he dreamed of as a kid gave him self-doubt and anxiety. You're like, well, uh, I think uh, She's Having a Baby was probably your top film that you did. Oh, without a, without Remember a doubt. Remember that one? I sure do. That was a good That was a good movie. Oh, he's been in so many. Uh, and according to her sisters, Kim Kardashian plays dirty when she fights. Really? Uh-huh. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I got this dirty was when Ray J used the employee entrance and clocked in the turd burglar at the back door. And that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. You ever clock in the turd burglar? I don't know. Uh, I can't say. I, can't not, say I have or have. That's against union rules. You're not supposed to punch anybody else in. <laughs> Caitlin, oh, I never got that done dirty with your mother, Chris Kim. But I once uh, took a visit to the Boogerly Bumhole. Okay. Known for the wit, charm, and snotty bottom. 
What are you trying to say? No, no, no. We're not even done. Oh, we're not even done. Okay. Turn my uh, pork sword into a flesh scrunchie holder. <laughs> By the way, what I'm going you... to get that pork bomb done. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You're, you're what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I took the poo poo train to sodomization station. <laughs> Plenty of parking in the rear, folks. Plenty of parking in the rear. <laughs> Can I give you a shine? Oh, yes, sir. A spit shine, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Ah! You can forget you. September 15th through October. Max's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, there are times when a guy has to accept. But the window of opportunity has not just gently closed for the passing of time. They have slammed shut. They have been shuttered, covered with plywood, and secured in place with a Stanley heavy-duty 18-gauge nail gun, which I should point out, you can purchase at Rocky's Ace Hardware using your Ace Rewards card to enjoy various discounts at different times of the year. Now, having said that, there are times when the most deluded thinking overlooks the closing of these opportunities, and they keep begging for more. Last week, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick wrote a humble two-page letter to the New York Jets, offering his services to join the team's practice squad. Yesterday, the letter was posted online by Kaepernick's close friend, rapper J. Cole, and in the letter, Kaepernick Kaepernick suggests that by bringing him into the fold, he could assist in getting the Jets' defense better prepared for the upcoming games on their rigorous schedule. And if by chance there would be some sort of unfortunate injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, he would be more than ready and grateful for the opportunity to fill that position. Well, that's something to consider. I mean, what's the harm in investing in a guy despite the fact he hasn't played football on any level in seven years? He'd be on the practice squad, not causing problems, not lying in wait, not wishing all kinds of pain and suffering on Zach Wilson. He would just be there to help the Jets during a tumultuous time in which everybody hates their current starting quarterback. And they could get Colin by signing him to a simple practice squad salary of $20,000 per week. Folks, for $20,000 a week, I'd be willing to join the Jets practice squad with a giant target on my back. Look, I know that Colin Kaepernick is obsessively looking to get back in the game, but after seven years, Colin Kaepernick is starting to act more and more like Uncle Rico and less than a viable option as a backup quarterback for any team, including the New York Jets, who surprisingly have shown very little interest in putting a delusional opportunist on their practice squad because as bad as things seem, Zach Wilson is still a better option. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Catherine's been to painting school, and I don't mean some fancy art school. I'm talking about she's been at Rocky's and is a well-trained paint professional. You can get Benjamin Moore paint, cabinet stains, and rock-solid service from paint professionals like Catherine at every Rocky's Ace Hardware location. I'm back. Such my view from a couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 67, tomorrow rainy with a high of 60. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Later on this morning, Scott Zolak will be joining us. We'll talk about uh, Patriot football and Ari Lehman, who was the original Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th films. Yeah. The original guy, the first guy that played him. We'll be talking to him after 7 o'clock today. Yeah, he's going to be on. Uh, you know, yesterday we started talking about this story 
that you had brought up about the school committee meeting that was held on Monday in Agawam. The meeting discussed the committee's decision to rename Robinson Park Elementary School after the town's mayor, William Sapelli. Several signatures have been collected by Agawam residents to overturn the committee's decision. One of those residents was speaking out Monday night at the meeting. Uh, there is a conflict of interest on this whole process because Mr. Sapelli is the chairperson. Personal prejudice or favoritism, political pressure, or temporary popularity should not be an influence in choosing a name for a school. The petition to overturn the committee's decision has collected hundreds of signatures. Now, we talked uh, yesterday, and I think uh, you know, we were on, uh, on the same page on this, that you know, it's one thing to name something after somebody. Uh, it's another thing to name it after yourself, and it's also another thing to be on a board that makes that kind of decision Yeah, and to chair that board, which means you're the one setting the agenda. Yeah, you're the one making the decision in order to change the name of that school. You should kind of either recuse yourself from the situation or just not be a, have it be voted on at all. Right, or you know, you know have, that, have the decision to change it named after you, after you leave office or after you leave the school committee that's the part that that really gets me is that it's not like this man has since retired and we're oh we're gonna honor this guy by naming the school after him because he was a principal here was he a teacher he was a superintendent like he did all these things in that school and then now he's the mayor of the town this would be like if uh if mayor dom dom just decided to lose his mind and start naming everything in town after Dom-dom. himself. Yeah. Yeah, like it's the South End Dom Dom Center now. Right. It's City Dom Dom now. <laughs> like he's suddenly naming like the uh, you know the, the Civic Center after himself. Or yeah. uh, you know, it's like Stern Square is now the mayor Dom Dom Park. Yeah. It's the Mayor Dom Dom Hall of Justice. Well, I don't know if I want to be associated with that place. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that 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 was one of the things right. that I was thinking about too. You know, you think about naming things after people. Do you think Roderick Ireland, like the name now, Roderick Ireland, should have been there to to remember uh, an honorable judge yeah. who, and who that building was named after? But instead, it's synonymous with mold and and sickness. disease. Yeah, like <laughs> nobody like, wants that. So you know, if you if you name a school after yourself in Agawam, you don't want to be sapellied. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to have some kind of thing come up. Uh, let's say they find a bunch of asbestos in there, right? And then they, you know, they name it, start making fun of it. You know? When I stumbled across a story, it's like as I'm reading, I'm going, "Well, wait a minute, how? Who would do this? Like, you know, what yeah. what kind of person feels well, they're entitled to have buildings named after them, and then they make the decision to do it?" Uh, this is the story from July. You ready for this? The Robinson Park Elementary School in Agawam will have a new name come fall, but that rebrand did not receive universal community support. In September, the school will be renamed for Mayor William Sapelli, who chairs the school committee and is not seeking re-election. At a town council meeting this week, residents and teachers voiced opposition to the name change and implored the committee and town council to reconsider. Officials say the June 27th decision to honor Sapelli is final. That was it. Yeah, so quit your complaining about it. According to the State Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, Robinson Park Elementary serves approximately 277 students in grades K through 4. During the meeting on Monday, this is, again, back in July, resident Jesse Clausen said that while some people believe a name change is a fitting tribute to Sapelli, others believe the process was done hastily with too little community involvement. I would say so. Yeah. It was only announced 
after the vote was taken, according to this Clausen person. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, we just voted, and uh, we're going to name the school after the current mayor. Uh, sorry, your input uh, means nothing. Yeah. I'm sure the rest of you people in town don't care. Additionally, Clausen uh, said that although the renaming proposal was published on the town website, the website is difficult to navigate. Like all town websites. Well, it's run by a 70-year-old man. What do you think the website's going to be? Yeah, <laughs> it's the only it's, it's the only town in Western Mass that yeah. not only has all the list of all the uh, departments in town, yeah. but also a babe of the day. Yeah, a babe of the day. Yeah, they're, they're, you got to get the sex appeal to get people in there. You'll never believe <laughs> six things Agawam is accused of doing. You'll never believe what number four is. <laughs> uh, Watch till the end. Additionally, uh, Clausen said, although the remaining proposal was published on our website, yeah, it was a short process to change the name and the residence and the PTO. Uh, school employees and teachers were not involved in the name change process. Why wouldn't you involve the town or everybody, anybody else that would have significance in renaming something like that? That's a good question. Town Councilor Gerard Smith brought uh, the remaining proposal to the school committee on May 23rd. Smith noted that three of the town's four elementary schools are named after former superintendents and mayors. Yes, but were they sitting on the very board to decide who gets the name change when they did that? Smith said the school was given its original name because of its location, Robinson State Park. It was never meant to be dedicated to John C. Robinson, Smith said. Well, how do you know that? <laughs> this guy was from the 1930s. Yeah, I mean, the, nobody bothered to correct this since? Uh, John, Until now? John C. Robinson, who was a Springfield businessman, donated the land to the state for recreational use in the mid-1930s when the school opened on Begley Street in 1959. It was named after the park that abuts the property. Smith said Sapelli's dedication to public service in the town as a teacher, coach, principal, superintendent, and mayor of Agawam for a total of 46 years makes the tribute well-deserved. From 1990 to 2002, Sapelli served as Robinson Park school principal. Okay, so... Uh, but so what? Yeah, right. So what? Okay, all right. So yeah. the guy's got a, a, a long-standing resume of, of achievement and dedication to the town and to education. All right, that's cool. But it's a 10-person uh, school committee. Yeah. Of which he would be the chairperson of this committee and probably the deciding vote if, for example, a vote went five for five. Yeah, like uh, the lady up there in East Hampton. Right. Yeah. So in a situation like this... <clears throat> let's say it's a split vote let's say it goes five uh five against five five four changing the name five against yeah and the last remaining vote to uh to break the tie is mayor sapelli what do you think happens uh okay eeny meeny miny mo. like that's how they <laughs> that's how he picks right uh you know this just seems uh bananas to me because uh yeah. i can't imagine wanting something named after myself while i'm alive uh, the June 27th vote to remain in the school passed with four in favor, two absent, and one abstention. So you didn't even get three votes in there because two people weren't there. Was he the abstention? I don't know. See, that would be something you would you would try to find out. I would, yeah, I would think that would be a part of the story that the mayor chose not to vote. School committee uh, members A.J. Christopher, Shelley Borgatti, Reed, Don Matteo, and Michael Perry voted in favor. Okay, so. All right. Well, one, two, three. That's only three. Was he the other fourth one in favor of it? Yeah, I don't know. 
Clausen said rebanding the school disrupts the school culture teachers have been working to reshape with students. The name will uh, not not be the only thing that will change. The RSP way, he said, which uses an acronym which stands for the school's mission to meet goals by being responsible, safe, and polite. In addition, Robbie Marks, a student behavior system, and the Robbie the Eagle mascot refer to the school's original name. The school's principal, Stephanie Harris, said the school is a tight-knit community with a and will continue to maintain core values while now also honoring Sapelli. Uh, when I found out, I gave him a call to congratulate him. I asked if there was anything important he would like to uh, change moving forward. He told us to keep doing what we're doing. Okay. And, now uh, that the school is named after you, Mr. Big Shot. Now the, uh, the fine, fine, proud poke, uh, folks of Agawam, yeah. I'm, sure they're, uh, I'm sure they're fine <coughs> with this decision. Oh, I'm sure they're not, because then I found the, uh, the form. Actually, somebody alerted us uh, to this yesterday uh, that says, Bax and Nagel are tearing apart Agawam Mayor and naming the school after him. <laughs> I don't think we were tearing him apart. No, I think we, just, we were, we were just reporting. Questioning. And then uh, somebody goes, can someone tell me exactly what Sapelli accomplished that was so worthy of his honor? And then this guy goes, I can. He gave himself a raise. You need to have your head examined if you voted for this guy. 70-plus years old and three pensions he's milking the town for. Name a school after him? Really? For what? Like Rod said, what exactly has this guy done besides making one hell of a living off this town? <laughs> And then he hit send by putting his pitchfork on the button. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, this is the this is another one. He's the type of guy that lives in town and doesn't turn on his light for trick or treaters during Halloween. Now that's a real man of the people, if you ask me. That's the plain truth. Wow. Don't forget how he made sure he got a pay raise so the second pension he collects from the taxpayers would be bigger, and told the fire department when they wanted a raise that they should go get a second job. Ooh, that, that's smart. Yeah. They're 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 really they're really getting upset about this guy. Yeah, but those those are the kinds of people that show up on forums, and we're the kind of people that read them. Yeah, I actually uh, I really like that. I, I got there was one I found in the East Longmeadow forum yesterday. It was a guy complaining about the the the, the rotary in town. <laughs> yeah, that thing's been around since the 1970s. I used to know the shortcuts through in and there. <laughs> it's really funny. I'll have to read it later. But uh, yeah, the, these people are upset. They uh-huh. don't they don't want this to happen. Well, but it doesn't matter what you want. It's going to happen no matter what you feel. I think I think this is going to change at some point. It's 624 on Rock 102. Jackson Nagel on Rock 102. Like I said, Scott Zolak coming up after 8 o'clock. We'll also talk to uh, to Ari Lehman, the, the original Jason Voorhees from the first uh, Friday the 13th movie. That's cool. Very, very cool. We'll also have tickets to uh, Oktoberfest and uh, the keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock today, too. Uh, all right. Do you want to laugh now? Uh, sure. Sure. Why not? It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. All right. This guy's walking down the street, right? Yes. Happens to notice that he's standing right next to a uh, an adult shop, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. With the toys and all that stuff. And then uh, it says, we have something for everyone. On the sign. So his curiosity peaked. He walks in the store. The shopkeeper greets the man and offered a variety of toys. The man said, you know, I'm married, but, you know, uh, we really don't do it all that often. And the shopkeeper goes, I got just the thing for you, pal. A couple of moments later, he arrives with a box. The man looks in, sees a big frog. He's like, are you you messing with me, frog? (laughs) 
And the shopkeeper goes, no, 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 no. This is a special frog, and it's well-trained to give uh, uh, oral pleasure for you. Okay? Okay. It's a frog. Right. Right? Yes. And uh, in fact, if you're not satisfied, you can bring it back tomorrow, and I'll give you all your money back. The guy goes, okay, well, what the hell? Pack it up. Later that night, about 3 in the morning, his wife uh, is awoken by a lot of ruckus in the kitchen. She goes into the kitchen to find her husband with the large frog, and she goes, naturally, she goes, what the hell is going on in here? And uh, he goes, well, if I could teach this thing how to cook, you're out of here tomorrow. Ah! Hey, <laughs> the frog's doing a better job than she is. Ah! Ah! Hey, I think you got a frog in your throat. Whoa! Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102. Springs. 632 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Noonan Energy, reliable service for heating, cooling, electrical, and plumbing at Noonan.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. A 19-year-old accused of recklessly driving a stolen car on Tuesday night in Springfield uh, on it injured three officers and crushed a police cruiser. The 19-year-old driver, Daniel Walker, allegedly ran over the feet of a Springfield police officer and after a chase, rammed into the cruiser, totaling the car and injuring the officers inside. Walker and two 14-year-olds inside the vehicle were arrested Tuesday night in connection with the incident. According to the Springfield police, Walker was spotted in a Hyundai that was reported stolen earlier in the day. Two 14-year-olds were allegedly in the vehicle with him. Officers pulled the vehicle over near Morris Street with police cruisers positioned ahead and behind of the stolen vehicle. And when the officers approached the car, the car immediately jumped into reverse and it ran over one of the officers' feet and crashed into the cruiser behind it and took off again. That's according to Superintendent Cheryl Claproot. Oh, that's got a smart. Police say Walker quickly drove away. It's kind of funny. He's a walker and he's driving away. Through a stop sign, crashing into a police cruiser at the intersection of Morris and Central Street. Three of the four occupants of the vehicle ran. One remained inside the car, which then burst into flames. Really? Yeah. The injured officers in the crushed cruiser then rescued a 14-year-old still inside the burning vehicle. So even with the crushed feet, this guy saved a life. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, here's what they do. They still save you even though you did something stupid. Stupid. Wow. I'll tell you what. Um, I might not be so... Uh, if if uh, if a car that I pulled over ran over my feet, I would be milking the injury a I lot would, more than I'd be looking to save lives. I would be too. Clapperud said uh, she was so proud of the officers and thankful no one was seriously injured. Uh, 22 News got a look at the cruiser that was T-boned and totaled Tuesday night in the incident. Clapperud uh, called the incident eerily similar to the tragedy that took place in Hartford where an 18-year-old took the life of Hartford Detective Bobby Garten on September 6th. Just last week, a Mass State Trooper was dragged during a traffic stop in I-91 in Holyoke. Clapperd said Walker has three open criminal cases against him. who was arrested in August of 2022 with a firearm, uh, arrested in June in connection with a stolen vehicle, and uh, he has open charges from a hit and run back in May. But he's walking around, <laughs> crushing feet and crushing dreams, apparently. <sighs> with, uh, Walker was... Uh, Charged with 10 offenses, including assault and battery with a dangerous weapon and receiving a motor vehicle. Uh, Walker was arraigned Wednesday. A dangerousness hearing has been scheduled for October 5th, and until then, he's being held without the right to bail. Oh, now. Now he finally. Now we, he's we, getting... we, we hold him in there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, we, we, could, we could go with the whole firearm thing. We were going to let that go. That whole thing uh, with the stolen vehicle in June. Mm-hmm. We were going to let that go. 
And that hit and run back in May, we were going to let that go. But you ran over somebody's feet. Yeah, you ran over a big toe. Yeah. And now, now, now you're going to pay. Why, wouldn't he, why wasn't he paying for the other stuff? Well, I mean, you got to pick and choose what's uh, you know what's uh, the most you know the most punishable. You run over someone's feet. I don't care what you say. You ran over my feet. That's I it. would I would I would throw the book at you like you like uh, like Nolan Ryan. You run over uh, Mayor Dom Dom's feet. Uh, you're gonna get severe tire damage. No kidding. Yeah. You're gonna break your rims. <laughs> right. You're gonna have to get that. You better employ that insurance you got from Town Fair Tire, huh? Does it have a Dom Dom uh, clause in there, huh? Pop a hole right through that son of a gun. I tighten my shoes with tie rods. <laughs> yeah, tie rods. Keep my sh- keep my feet straight as I stomp down the street, waiting for danger. <laughs> the uh, Westfield Police Department is seeking the public's help in identifying a man who's using a fake ID at multiple banks. According to the uh, department, the man shown... On their Facebook page, went to the MT MT Bank on Friday, September 22nd at around 4 p.m. and impersonated a customer using a fake ID. Hello, <laughs> I'm Mr. Bank Customer. Could I have one million dollars, please? <laughs> large, untraceable bills. Yeah, they uh, then proceeded to withdraw a large sum of money from their bank account at the Westfield branch on Elm Street. The suspect also attempted to do this at, to another customer of M&T Bank on Tuesday, September 26th at the East Windsor, Connecticut branch on uh, Prospect Hill Road. He was seen getting into a gray Dodge Caravan minivan with a possible Florida license plate. He may be accompanied by other individuals. So if you have Ooh. any information, uh, you're asked to contact Detective Williams. So um, they didn't figure this guy. I mean, how, at what point did they figure out this guy was not a real customer? Uh, I don't know when. Probably when the real customer said, hey, how come I'm missing $50,000 from my bank account? Well, didn't you come in and take money out? No. <laughs> look, look at, look at your, your cameras. Actually, I'd be, if I were working in a bank, I'd be suspicious of anyone who's actually still walking into a bank. Uh, I've walked into a bank before. Well, I have too, but it's been a long time since I actually went into the lobby to do business. I usually, uh, do like cashier's checks. Like if I have to send somebody money, I'll go into the bank. Yeah. Cashier's check or make a transfer or something like that. But you're right. I don't really don't go into the bank that much. No. That much needs it. Yeah. Right. After years of vacancy, business owner Eric Shore has sold the Iron Horse Music Hall to the parlor room, according to uh, the business president and director. So soon? Well, he was just waiting for the right time. (laughs) You mean when the court ordered you to start selling some of these things? Yeah, we both wanted to see the legacy of the Iron Horse continue, said Chris Freeman, executive director of the parlor room. It's been this incredibly important place in Northampton and allowed Northampton to... I keep saying punch outside its weight class in terms of the music industry. I would be using that phrase all the time, too. Punch out? Punch outside its weight class. Yeah, I like that. I, he's, you know what? He's stuck on... That's what he says. He says, I keep saying punch outside its weight class in terms of the music industry. We should, we should be saying that. Yeah. I'm going to punch outside my weight class here, Bax. I'm looking to punch out by 10 o'clock today. Um, this is good news. You know what? Because you know, <coughs> the Iron Horse is a cool place to see a show. Always yeah. has been. But then so is all the other venues that 
Eric still has not yet unloaded. And it would be a shame to see these things continue to not be used simply because you either, just don't want to use them. You don't want to use them. Yeah, you know, I mean these are these are properties that are important to the city's culture and have been for years. The uh, purchase of the Iron Horse includes a full liquor license. All the booze is gone though. That's fine. Yeah, they yeah. can they can restock the shelves. It's the license that's the most important part. The uh, Iron Horse name and business assets. Uh, Freeman declined to disclose how much everything costs. The building is still owned by Central Chambers Realty Trust. The Parlor Room, which became a nonprofit in January, signed a lease on the space for up to fifteen years. Well, that's a good positive thing. A that is a good thing. Lease. The sale comes uh, days before Shore has either to sell his liquor licenses or reopen his five music and nightlife venues under specific conditions per an agreement he made with the Northampton License Commission in May. Well, yeah, maybe he'll sell them all off before the day's over. Well, I got to tell you, um, they I mean, the court is ordering for that to happen. You know, the, the parlor room, you know, considering it's a, you know, a small venue has been booking shows, you know, consistently some really good ones, in fact. So. To have a bigger venue to, yeah. to to play around with, maybe even more than one, would be terrific. Uh, Shore has not responded to repeated requests for comment. Reached by phone in August, Shore declined to comment on the status of his businesses, telling Mass Live, "You'll know soon enough." Before hanging up the phone, then he got in his uh, silk bathrobe and started playing uh, <laughs> Sister Christian. <laughs> Motorhead, what's your prize for flight? Yeah. <laughs> I could see him doing that. Yeah, sure. I could see him doing that. Why not? Hey, uh, you know, uh, the Big E had like three or four other fights. Okay. And they were lab- on the Springfield MA Sucks Instagram. They were labeling it uh, episode one through four, and one was like, oh, this is Holyoke Day. <laughs> this is Chicopee Day. <laughs> And they got it on there. So, uh, yeah, that's something to look at if you ever wanted to, you know, entertain yourself Listen, for a little while. play the numbers. It's really not that many fights when you think about how no. many people going in and out of the place. No, there really isn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm, trying to, uh, I'm trying to get some good news for you. There's a guy who went to jail for rape. I don't even really want nah, to that's talk not, about I mean, that's good that. news that he's on, you know, yeah, going to jail. Yeah, but it's but, not heartwarming uh, news. It's not uh, something I want to uh, either joke about or even talk about. Have you got your Halloween costume picked out yet? Looks like you don't really need that anyway, because you're oh, not doing the party. What you're doing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I won't be hosting the uh, the Halloween party, the Rumble seat this year yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, they thought it should go to you, and that's fine. Uh, really, it's quite fine. But yes, I have picked out a costume, and no, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. You know, I saw a video on TikTok of uh, there's this guy. I don't know what he does. Like a lot of Massachusetts videos. And one of them was him driving with a woman in a car, and and they're driving past the Christmas tree shops, which has now turned into a spirit Halloween. Did you see that? Yes. It's like, oh, it's a spirit. And the lady, you can hear the lady like almost crying in the background. It's a Christmas tree shop. (laughs) Now it's been returned to a a, a seasonal pop-up. No, no, that's what she's crying. She's like, it's a spirit Halloween. I used to love that store. When it was the Christmassy one. Anyway, a state trooper in Washington uh, State just posted a picture after someone was caught using the carpool lane with a Halloween mask strapped to the passenger seat. They looped it around the top and draped a vest around the seat to make it look like a person. But unless you only glanced, it wouldn't fool anybody. Uh, 
we found the mask online. Spirit Halloween does sell it. It's a white mask with a glowing orange wires across the mouth, so it looks like the lips are sewn shut. Ew. Yeah, the driver was cited for a high-occupancy vehicle lane violation. In Washington, that minimum fine is $186, or if it's, your, if it's not your first offense, $336. Ooh. For a $20 mask, you just got yourself a $386 fine. Yeah, that's not cost-effective. Really, is it? No. Have you uh, decided what you're going to get uh, dressed up at the rumble seat? No. I asked my kid yesterday. I'm like, what do you think? Mr. Clean, all the way. That's what I get. That's I could do that, but then I'd have to shave my facial hair. You wouldn't hair have to shave want. your beard. No, you wouldn't. Just wear the white pants and the white shirt. How can you do that? Mr. Clean was a clean-shaven man with a uh, with an earring. All right. Well, then let's say you're uh, Mr. Clean who gave up on life. Okay. And then just put a Rock 102 shirt on and say, well, well yeah. here I am. Right. Working at a radio station. Right. Yeah, that cleaning business never really worked out for me. <laughs> I could have made millions, but, yeah. you know, I signed half my stuff away to... As uh, soon as I created that magic eraser, everything went to hell. That was my idea, you know, the magic eraser. I came up with that. Yeah, it erases everything. Yeah, and SC Johnson Wax, Mr. Johnson, comes in. Yeah, well, I got a Johnson for you, Mr. Yeah. Johnson. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 67 tomorrow, rainy with a high of 60. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102 is your home for New England Patriots football all season. Well, to Springfield's Classic Rock at 651. And bad company with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny with a high of 66 today. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 59. It's uh, 43 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, well, I was just going to mention uh, real quick that uh, this Sunday, the Patriots taking on the Dallas Cowboys. You'll hear um, that game right here on Rock 102. Pre-game starts at 1.30. Kickoff scheduled for 4.25. Bob Soshi and Scott Zolak bring you all the play-by-play action. Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock to talk about that game and some other stuff. The Patriots play here on Rock 102 couple of things. We're going to the Big E uh, today. Yeah, it's a uh, staff outing. What? Well, uh, who decided that was the morale <clears throat> builder? Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, let's get out of this stinky, moldy building and shove you in a 156-acre uh, land with yeah. stinky, smelly people. We're going to put you in a place where you get to spend money on you. Yeah, this is all you. We might <laughs> buy you some. Oh, they give us the money for the parking, at least. Anyway. Well, that was, uh, wow, that was, that was very nice. nice of them to do. Uh, another thing I'm just reading here on Mass Live, the uh, the parade of big balloons canceled again this year. Because of the helium? Because of the helium shortage. As the world uh, faces a continuing helium short- shortage, uh, Spirit of Springfield President Judy Matt on Wednesday in response to uh, questions from the Republicans said, we are investigating future options with the long-term goal to have Springfield's own cat-in-the-hat balloon float down Main Street once again. The one-and-a-half-mile parade route down Main Street would require... $30,000 worth of gas at today's prices. The cat in the hat alone would require $7,000 in uh, in helium. It's a lot of gas. That is a lot of gas. That's uh, that's if you could get it, she said. The price is not going to go down as long as it's scarce. Matt said she has another event for Thanksgiving weekend in the works for 2024. The most recent parade was uh, before the pandemic in November of 2019. Helium is the second most abundant element in the universe, but not on Earth. A noble, the noble gas is rare and non-renewable resource. The world has gone through helium shortages for years, 
most recently because of the ongoing Russian war on Ukraine. Mm. Supplies are often allocated uh, to you to, to medical uses first. So then it goes to you know there was uh, if there was one person that uh, that I know that would have the ability to convince somebody to go into space to a, to get extra helium for the balloon parade, it would in fact be Judy Matt. I think she's got that. She can. She's so convincing to people. Yeah, you know, like when Judy needs help, people will go to great lengths. And if that means someone sends a rocket to God knows where to get a bunch of space helium, mm-hmm. she's the lady to do it. I don't know. I think uh, Dom Dom could uh, take one breath in of helium from outer space and blow it back in. He's the kind of guy that can breathe in helium and it lowers his voice. Ah, why don't we send Bud Williams in there? He always sucks the room, uh, sucks the air out of the room anyway. I don't think, I don't think Bud can handle all that all that helium. Uh, Spirit of Springfield has hosted the parade uh, on the Friday after Thanksgiving since 1991, drawing families to see inflated cartoon characters and Santa riding in the uh, Springfield fire truck. Besides balloons, helium is also used in MRI machines, arc welding, and manufacture of semiconductors. I didn't realize it was used in MRI machines. Guess so. I didn't know that either. And. Uh, well, maybe arc welding. I didn't know that. I didn't even know any of these things. I'm, I'm I'm pretending like I'm surprised about the MRI machine, but I'm actually surprised at all three of those. Who do you think you are? Me? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I'm pretending I know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, the MRI machine. And then I start making up this whole thing about MRI machines and how they use helium. There shouldn't be two of us trying to do that. Well, that's how they lift up the machine. They put the helium inside, and it just floats up to the top of the room. Like the cat in the hat like, like on a, Main Street. Like a fizzy lifting drink. Yes. Yeah. Now you get nothing. Now you get nothing. But uh, too bad for the uh, the par- parade of balloons. Well, maybe one of these days they'll be able to bring it back and we'll get back on track again. Because I hate to I hate to see Judy Matt have to cancel things. That's just not that's not her way. Yeah, I don't but, like to cancel anything. But you know what? She does come up with some good ideas. So maybe she whatever this other thing she's got in the works might be blowing everybody away. All right, we'll see. Uh, coming up next hour, Ari Lehman, the uh, the original Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th uh, movie franchise. Ooh. Really interesting stuff. He's coming to Holyoke, and we'll tell you more about that in just a few minutes. It's 656 at Rock 1 Oats Staples. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Yo, for those who have seen me milling around town, making the scene, you know I'm a man who loves to dress for success. Are you kidding me? I'm constantly wearing some of the finest breathable fabrics available to bolster my sophisticated reputation. Why, just today, I wore my cleanest t-shirt made from 100% all-natural blended synthetic fabrics. It not only fits perfectly, it is also stain-free, at least for now. Why am I telling you this? Because occasionally I like to sink my hard-earned cash into upgrading my haute couture. Unfortunately, my budget can sometimes undermine my desire for upgrading my wardrobe. For example, last night, a mid-conditioned Wilt Chamberlain game jersey from the 1972 NBA Finals with the Lakers became the third highest-priced NBA jersey ever sold at auction. Now, had I known that the jersey was up for grabs, I would have made a qualified bid. In fact, I would have been willing to go up as high as $50. Sadly, I would have been slightly short as the winning bid wound up being $4.9 million. Only jerseys from Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan have ever sold for higher amounts. But, of course, 
This was the jersey that Will wore as the Lakers won their first NBA title in Los Angeles. It'd also be the jersey from his, his second and final championship of his career, in which he was named the series MVP. And yet, somebody with nearly $5 million to burn outbid me by $4,899,850. Which, in hindsight, is probably for the best. Truth is, I hate the Lakers. Always thought Bill Russell was a better overall player. And more importantly, I would also need a great deal of alterations. Listen, I'm 5'9 and a good day in heels. Will Chamberlain was 7'1". That's 14 inches taller than I am. For $5 million, I want a shirt that at least fits and doesn't look like my grandmother's house coat. Sure, having an historically significant piece of NBA memorabilia is nice. But if it's more than 45, 50 bucks, I gotta draw the line. This is uh, also the shirt that was worn by a man to claim to have sex with over 20,000 women. After 51 years, I'd like to think that someone had the wherewithal to boil it first. So that thing's probably smeared with more DNA evidence than Maury Povich's collection of cotton swabs. And if that's the case, it definitely ain't worth $4.9 million. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Go to the Big E? First go to Rocky's, the official hardware store of the Big E. Buy your Big E tickets, and when you get to the Big E, ride the giant slide. The Rocky's Ace Hardware giant slide. Good people, rock solid service, and a very big slide at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Do big name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 710, Rolling Stones and Rock 102. Spooky. The Rolling Stones, not, not what we're going to talk about right now. You know, if you put like a machete in the hands of Keith Richards. Yeah. Scare the living bejesus out of you. He can't even pronounce the word machete. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gateway City Arts got a really cool event coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, First Jason is a is a band. It's a uh, it's a metal punk band. Uh-huh. But more importantly, the uh, the lead singer, the, the the leader of that band is uh, Ari Lehman. Ari Lehman, Steve, was the very first Jason in the Friday the thirteenth film. Oh really? Jason, 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 Jason. Kill, 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 kill. Oh, Jason, yeah. Jason, 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 Jason. Look at you getting all into it and whatnot. This is a this is a scary damn movie back in 1980, and he was only a young fella uh, when he was in it, and he's on the phone with us right now. It's uh, Ari Lehman. Ari, how are you? Wow, that's awesome. I'm doing great. Camp Crystal Lake never looked better. It's <laughs> you... always good in the morning when the mist is rising off the lake. I was going to say, you sound pretty uh, peppy for a guy who likes to kill people in their sleep. <laughs> well, you know, it takes a lot of energy to be a monster. <sighs> yeah, I would and imagine. Down, you know, I'm not, you know, you're thinking of that other guy, Michael Myers. You know, Jason Voorhees oh. loves his mom. He loves mama. He does everything for family. Family first. Blood is thicker than water. Isn't that the nice thing, though, Ari? You know, so many families uh, just don't do things together. And, and, and here the Voorhees <laughs> family is, you know, really bonding. That's what it's all about. That's, yes. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, we all... 
we all get together and we appreciate a nice sharp machete. <laughs> something, <laughs> something that everybody can enjoy. Yeah, and, and here I was. Yeah. My mother used to don't tell me, "Don't play." Machete. My mother used to tell me, "Stop playing with the machete." And here's your mom. To, it's the total opposite. Yeah, you know, I mean, she knew that playing with a dull machete wouldn't lead to any anything, anything <laughs> worthwhile. You know. Yeah. That's Mama. That's the great Mama Voorhees, of course, was played by Betsy Palmer, who shared the same birth date as my actual mother. How do you like that? November first. No kidding. That's uh, that's yeah. pretty freaky. Yeah. You know, I, I, I yeah. was I was just uh, you know looking through the the, the history of the uh, of the the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. There were eleven people that played Jason Voorhees, and it occurred to me that there wouldn't have been another ten had it not been for the amazing performance of Ari Lehman in nineteen eighty. <laughs> in fact, in fact, there's more, Steve. There's there's actually fifteen actors, including stunt men, who have played the great Jason Voorhees. I am the very first. I am the most first. You can't be more first than me. But um, <laughs> interestingly, I was ju- I'm the firstest, man. I, I worked recently in Germany, uh, had the honor to work together with director Sean Cunningham at a big convention there, which was a lot of fun. Weekend of hell in <laughs> Oberhausen. But um, he revealed to me something very interesting, which was that, indeed, Friday the 13th had been... Um, had been had been given over to Paramount Pictures without the ending, the ending scene where little Jason pops up out of the water and grabs poor Alice and drags her into the lake. That was not in the initial version. <laughs> and Paramount was on the fence. They didn't know if they wanted to release Friday the 13th. Then, once that ending was submitted, wow, the executives went so wild what they did was they did a test screening for their secretaries and their families and they waited till that final moment and they they, once everybody saw me jump out of the water they went absolutely crazy people were crying they were screaming at them (laughs) they knew they had a hit yeah they knew they had a hit steve so they did an unprecedented thing they released friday the 13th in 800 theaters across the USA on one day. This had never been done before. Wow. It was all because of that final scene. And, you know, I think that that speaks to a, a lot to the success of, of this classic horror film. Now, was there like a like a plan B, like a like a show-stopping musical number, uh, dancing, I mean, anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> if only, if only. That would have been wonderful. No, it was one of those things. In fact... Director Sean Cunningham had initially, the initial project, this will get you, the initial project was not Friday the 13th. The initial project was Manny's Orphans, which was the tale of a ragtag bunch of orphans who, who saved their, their, their orphanage from the, uh, in a soccer tournament from the mafia. Okay, it was one of those, yeah, it was a family film about soccer, but once he submitted it, it was a it was, it was a big project. Yeah, um, they filmed part of it at, at Cosmo Stadium. Werner Roth was in it. It really? was something else. But Paramount Pictures said, "Hey, why did you give us this?" It was like the Sandlot of soccer. They said, 
1978. Nobody plays soccer in America. Right. Okay. Why didn't you make this about hockey or basketball or anything else? So that's when they turned to Sean and said, "Hey, give us a give us something else. Give us something. Give us a horror film." Yeah. And thus, Friday the Thirteenth was born. Yeah, give us something with a more plausible plot line, like yeah. a like a child with a machete killing people. Yeah, that that, that always works. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. The it, it, initially that scene was where little Jason comes up out of the water was. It was a dream sequence. That is what the writer had initially thought. Now, when I got to this set, Sean Cunningham had told me my character got his revenge. So I felt very, you know, betrayed. I said, hey, you said I get my revenge, man. So the way I played it was that little Jason wasn't a dream at all, but he was he was real, and then he had somehow reanimated from from his mother's death and came for revenge. And the fans, <laughs> I feel, really, the fans agreed with me and my interpretation. When they saw that little muddy child come out of the water, they forgot the rest of the movie was about Mom and Alice and the scantily clad counselors. Yes, the very scantily clad yep. counselors. And, and you, you talk about musical numbers. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I've taken... This whole idea about Jason and Mama and the whole experience of being Ari Lehman, the first Jason Voorhees, and I've made it into a band, and that is First Jason. And we're doing about 200 shows a year now wow. all over the country. Not only that, we, we recently performed for 3,000 people in Manchester, England. Wow. And, uh, you know, Tim Capello, the sexy sax man from Lost Boys, was there. And Corey Taylor from, from Slipknot was there. And, you know, um, a big help uh, we got from a band called Ice Nine Kills, which is the preeminent horror entity uh, of rock right now. Yeah. And they um, were so nice as to ask me to sing on the acoustic version of their Friday the 13th song, which is Thank God It's Friday. Um and that led to so many wonderful experiences for First Jason. Then Spencer Charnis, the singer of Ice Nine Kills, was so kind as to sing on one of our songs that you can hear on YouTube. It's called The Scapegoat. So if you check out The Scapegoat on YouTube by First Jason, you'll see Spencer is even in the video. Well, you're, you're going to be coming to uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts next week, which is very much like our Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! Really? Oh yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. No. If That's you want okay. the living bejesus scared out of you, just go to Holyoke. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's a breathtaking town. Well, that's nothing, man. I'm in Chicago right now, so I don't know what. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you, you, you'll be used to the behavior. Yeah, uh, right. right. Yeah. We're going to be at Gateway City Arts. That's right, Gateway City Arts on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that's the fifth. Yeah, yeah. That's it's actually that's actually a great room. They they do, they put on terrific shows over there. Oh yeah, they do. Okay, yeah, dear. it's an awesome well, place. We're ready to rock. Demented Effects is presenting us, so we'll be there uh, doing the rock show on Thursday. Friday, I'll be doing a meet and greet at the Haunt itself, which is absolutely a spectacular haunted attraction in Holyoke, Mass. Very good. Ari Lehman, uh, Friday the 13th. Again, first Jason appearing uh, Thursday uh, the 5th at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. Pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck on uh, next week.
Thank you, Steve. Jason never dies. <laughs> yes, that's good to know. <laughs> it's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102. Dan Brown will kindly give you the forecast. Uh, yeah, he will. Also, uh, next hour, your chance that, uh, well, we're going to give you the next keyword to cash, your chance of winning a thousand bucks in Rock 102. Mm-hmm. Also, Scott Zolak, and we have tickets to the upcoming Oktoberfest of the Student Prince. We'll give those away probably later uh, next hour. Guten Tag. Oh, man, there's a, there's a ton of stuff going on this morning. Uh, I'm reading this uh, story here. This was uh, from Channel 3 in Hartford. Yes. It's a story out of Florida, though. A Florida man is being treated for rabies after he was attacked by an otter while feeding birds just outside his backyard. Joseph Scaglione. That sounds like a guy who would get bitten by otter. Yeah, Joey Scaglione. Joey Skaggs. He got, uh, he got eaten up by an otter. Said he was uh, feeding the birds that gather outside of the gate surrounding his backyard late Wednesday morning when suddenly all the birds took off. I looked up, no hawk. Looked back down. And there was a brown head sticking up over the bank of the pond. At first, I didn't know it was an otter, but then I realized that's an otter. Uh, when? When he started gouging your eyeballs out? <laughs> Scaglione said he started backing slowly toward the gate, but when he lifted his hand close to it, uh, the otter quickly pounced, making him trip and fall over. The otter bit him on his legs, hands, and arms 41 times. Jesus. My pinky is the worst. I got two puncture wounds. I'm not sure if it goes right through or whatever. One is on the corner of where the cuticle was. Ow. Hey, um, I, I didn't, first of all, I didn't realize that, that otters could be dangerous. Yeah. I mean, they seem so fun-loving, you know, okay. when they're swimming underwater or playing in jug bands, you know, but uh, but you never see them attacking human beings. Well, even the calmest animal with a case of rabies would uh, turn into a beast 45 bites yeah 41 41 how did uh, how did it end did he did he like uh uh, he said you know beating the otter he was uh eventually able to toss the otter away and get to safety later in the day the otter crossed paths with a couple their baby and their dog in the same neighborhood according to the uh palm beach county animal and care control the otter attacked the family's dog some residents were able to capture the animal by covering it with a recycling bin Oh, well, there you go. Well, that thing I did about cycling yesterday, the only thing good that recycling bins are good for are catching otters. <laughs> Captain David Woloski, the assistant director of the county's animal control branch, said the otter was confirmed to be rabid on Saturday, and it was euthanized. Scaglione is now being treated for rabies. He's relieved the otter is gone, and he's already back to doing what he loves, feeding the birds. As opposed to feeding the otters, like yeah. his arms and legs. Just to make sure that pinky is attached all the way. You don't want to accidentally throw that away with yeah. the birds. Yeah. All of a sudden, a hawk picks up your pinky, and then the pinky is being flown away. Yeah, you don't want that. No. you got to be very careful. you got to look the otter way. Oh, I see. I didn't see. I didn't Long way that. around, but we got it. We got it. And we got news next to Rock 102. Here in 32. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. It's brought to you by Big Y Racket Points, Sack of Stavings. It's my Big Y Rewards. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A 19-year-old accused of recklessly driving a stolen car on Tuesday night in Springfield injured three officers and crushed a police cruiser. The 19-year-old driver, Daniel Walker, allegedly ran over the feet of a Springfield police officer and after a chase rammed into a cruiser, totaling the car and injuring officers inside. Walker and two 14-year-olds inside the vehicle were arrested Tuesday night in connection with the incident. 
According to the Springfield Police, Walker was spotted in a Hyundai that was reported stolen earlier in the day. Two 14-year-olds were allegedly in the vehicle with him. Officers pulled the vehicle over near Morris Street, where police cruisers ahead, positioned ahead and behind of the stolen vehicle. And when officers approached the car, the car immediately jumped into reverse and it ran over one of the officer's feet and crashed into the cruiser behind it and took off again. That's according to Superintendent uh, Cheryl Claprood. Uh, police say Walker drove uh, quickly drove away through a stop sign, crashing into a police cruiser at the intersection of Morris and Central Street. Three of the four occupants of the vehicle ran. One remained inside the car, which then burst into flames. The injured officer in the crushed cruiser then rescued a 14-year-old still inside the burning vehicle. Uh, Clapper said she was so very proud of the officers and thankful no one was uh, seriously injured. You know, you did this story last hour, and I've had some uh, time to really think about what's going on here. Mm -hmm. you have any idea? Do you think this, this kid, this 19-year-old kid, had any uh, idea of what a situation like this is going to do to his insurance premiums? I don't think he cares. Are you sure? Because the surcharge is going to be outrageous. You think so? Yeah, and he'll be uh, paying for that at least what six, seven years. Yeah, uh, he's never going to get under that out, 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 be underneath that kind of debt. Twenty Two News sent the road uh, sent their crew over to take a look at the cruiser that was T-boned on uh, Tuesday night. Oh my God! It was all smashed in. That guy's feet are flat now. He's got flat feet. He's going to have to go to a physical therapy for that. Yeah, usually flat feet are usually what, you know, is like the bottom of the foot. It's not usually the top of the foot. No, he's got one of them on my feet like Wiley Coyote now. Yeah, that looks like a, like a swimming fin. Right. Uh, Clapperwood said Walker has already three open criminal cases against him, yet he's still on the street crushing cruisers and running over feet. If I were his insurance agent, I, w I wouldn't even answer his calls today. You know, th this is the thing that uh, gets me about this, and it's... And I think this is what, you know, what Dom Dom is talking about. It's not that we're just, this guy has already got three open cases against him. Yeah. And it's not like three cases like, oh, he was caught stealing uh, something from a CVS or, you know, like something like shoplifting or something like a minor charge. Right. It's a gun charge. He was arrested in August of 2022 with a firearm. He was arrested in June with this past June in connection to a stolen vehicle, and he has already opened charges from a hit and run back in May. And yet, well, we can't keep locking people up. Well, you can't keep letting people go either. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, that's where I can see the, you know, releasing people back to the street, whereas, uh, okay, well, you, you shoplifted from a CVS. Uh, you still got an open case from a year ago. Uh, for uh, spray painting on the on the city sidewalk, right? You know what I mean. Like, like that's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't put somebody in jail for, as opposed to somebody who's already been, or, he's got an open case for a firearms case from last year, the June connection with a stolen vehicle, and then uh, the open charges from a hit and run in May. You know, I I don't know the law all that well i i know what i'm supposed to do what i'm not supposed to do you know i know right from wrong for the most part but um why can't judges why can't the courts assess dangerousness at the time that they set bail why do we need like a separate dangerousness I, hearing I don't in know. order to determine whether or not someone 
should be allowed to be have a low bail so they can get I, out and commit worse crimes. You know what? I'm not going to answer that question because I don't understand how the process works. Well, that's why that. I'm asking. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure, even after you know, doing these kinds of stories for years, I'm not sure I understand the process because it just seems to me if you've got a guy with a gun charge and it's open, you know, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a matter of, you know, whether he can pay bail or not. It was a gun charge. You yeah. know, if, if you're not going to take a gun charge seriously, yeah, yeah, depending on what the charge is, then what's the point of what's the point of any of this? Well, I, uh, yeah. I mean, you're not. Who are you protecting? You're you're protecting nobody because there's going to be more victims, including yeah. a cop, and now it's got a flat foot. Yeah, he's a real gumshoe. Oh, oh, I see what you did. Yeah, yeah. I see what I'm doing. I'm trying not to make fun of the guy who got his feet right now. No, that's got to really sting. But I'm just saying it just makes no sense that a guy like that would be available to commit more crimes. Uh, it's part of the uh, criminal repurposing program. Well, your program stinks. All right. Uh, who's got some experience out there with uh, stealing vehicles and uh, hit and runs? Yeah. Uh, you- Mr. Walker? Oh, I'll step right up. We need you to run over a cop's foot and uh, speed away and uh, destroy a cruiser. You got it, boss. <laughs> Done, boss. I did it. Wow, he's a he's a real go getter. That kid. Yeah, yeah he's but, really going places. Yeah, when he uh, when he if he gets picked up in Hartford one time, he'll he he, he I was just out, I was getting a job outsourced. It went down to Hartford. Okay, robbed a liquor store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Police in Westfield are asking uh, for you uh, for your help in identifying a suspect. On Friday, the suspect was found to be impersonating a customer with a fake ID at the M&T Bank on Elm Street and withdrew a large amount of money. Police said the suspect also tried to do the same thing at another M&T Bank branch in Windsor on Tuesday. In that incident, he was seen driving a gray Dodge Caravan with possible Florida plates. Anyone with any information is asked to call the, uh, contact the uh, Westfield Police. Hello! My name is Mr. Johnson. I would like to withdraw a large sum of money, please. Can I see some form of ID? Well, here's my ID. Uh, sir, you don't look like anything like this picture. Let me put my finger under my nose. <laughs> oh, yeah, you look exactly like that you guy. You got to try doing like that Jedi mind trick. Like, yeah. you don't need to see my ID. I don't need to see your, your ID. ID. Right. <laughs> Do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, an Ohio school district apologized after a social media post about Ice Cream Friday re- received backlash. Donovan Elementary on Thursday posted to Facebook about the ice cream social plan for the third and fourth graders. The social media post explained that not all students would be allowed to get ice cream, which angered a lot of people. A student must have money on their account to purchase an ice cream, Thursday's post stated. If a student has a negative balance, they will not be able to purchase an ice cream, even if they bring their $1 in for ice cream. Students are only allowed to purchase one ice cream and are not permitted to buy an ice cream for a friend. It's like a like an ice cream antisocial. Very much an antisocial ice ice cream antisocial. The uh, post was shared more than six hundred forty five times. I checked the page out myself so I could read all the comments, and I was just shocked at what I read and how many people were outraged. Said Julie, a parent of a third grade student, uh, Nyosia King, who also owns a Ms. Jade Soul Food restaurant in town saw the post and called the school because she wanted to help. So I reached out to the school. I prayed uh, before I reached out to the school, and I'm like, Lord, let me talk to the right person because I know they're getting thousands of calls. Her prayer was answered when the school district allowed her 
to pay $411 to bring every student's account up to date. Well, good for her. It's a very generous thing for her to do. Uh, I have been a parent that has had a balance with the school system before, King said so immediately, and I didn't have it then, but I uh, have it now to be a big change. So that's why I did it, because I was one of those parents so I could relate. Yeah. How sad is it in this country that we have to have the help from the public on top of your tax dollars to feed children in a school? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, uh, sad, uh, but, uh, I mean, what's even sadder is that, you know, sometimes schools are the only form of nutritional, uh, of intake a kid gets in some, in some places. Like that's yeah. the only good meal they get all day. Otherwise yeah. it's like dinner's a, like a half eaten bag of chips. I mean, uh, you know, uh, bless this lady for, uh, for stepping up and taking care of the lunches, but come on, man, $411. Was the was the amount know. that you were holding back ice cream? And you know, kids can be cruel. You know, when I was a kid, I told you that the that the ice cream man used to come to uh, like you know, we, we lived on a corner lot, and they would they'd stop like right in front of my house. Yeah. So every kid in the neighborhood would, like like would pour out of their their uh, their yards and go to, to to my front yard to to get ice cream from this guy Ronnie Palaji. Ronnie Palaji. Ronnie Palaji. Was this the was this the station wagon guy? No, oh. no, we never figured out what that guy with the station wagon's name was. But Ronnie Palaji had his big had his name all over the truck. Ronnie Palaji's ice cream. Yeah, Ronnie right. Palaji's ice cream. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, you know there were some kids that could afford the ice cream. There was only a couple kids that uh, didn't have the money to get the ice cream because the parents didn't have the money to give them or didn't want to give them. And of course, every kid that had the ice cream was like, uh, you know, right in their face, like. Eh-huh. We got ice cream. You don't got no ice cream in your... We got all the ice cream. We got ice cream and you didn't. That's right. Yeah. It's like that old Eddie Murphy bit. You ain't got no ice cream. You know what? Uh, because your daddy's on the welfare. That, that thing. My... Uh, your daddy's on the welfare. <laughs> my, uh... That's how it was. My, uh, my sister... Two of my sisters got into a fight when they were younger. Because one of my sisters would do this. Like, if everybody got candy... She yeah. would save hers and then wait until everybody was done with the candy and then uh, walk out and she just did this, aha, oh, I got M&Ms and they're so good and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that, uh, that prompted a fight yeah. in which uh, my uh, second oldest sister uh, pretty much threw my middle sister off a second-story deck, and she broke her arm in the bushes over, <laughs> over a bag of m Over a bag of m Over a bag of m ms yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, your sister was being overly aggressive with the bag of m ms Well, I mean, if you're going to tease people like that, you totally deserve to be uh, taken out, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Those are fighting words. When you're, when, you're like, when you're like 11 and 12, man, that's a... Uh, and you say, oh, I got m ms and you don't. Hey, man, it's... It's the eighties. Yeah. We're gonna kick your ass. Wow. That's yeah. that is aggressive business right yeah. there. Yeah, we had some pretty uh pretty pretty good times in my house growing up. Really? I would have yeah. thought the, the Nagel bunch would have been a happy go lucky family. Did I ever tell you about the time the uh the the uh the confused neighbor came in and uh, we all thought we were gonna get killed by him? No. Yeah. He was uh, he was the old man from across the street. He was uh, uh Mr. Malucci. Mr. Malucci lived across the street. Okay. And uh, Mr. Malucci's dad, who was probably, I don't know, probably in his 80s at the time, just walked into our house and was speaking Italian. 
it was sad because the man had dementia. He had like he must have had Alzheimer's or something. Right. So the guy was confused of where he was. Like I was like from Italy, and he here he is now. He's in New Jersey. Ooh, fuck! How did I get here? You know, like you know. But that was like a scary thing. Like that we had to bring him in, and my mom like. You know, my dad was threatening to kill him. Really? Well, because he woke up out of a sound sleep, and this guy oh, just said, yeah. "I'm gonna walk into the door," and the guy's like, "I'm gonna shoot you." And then they, my mother realizes, "Wait a minute, this guy, you know, he's got some issues going on." Right. So she sat him down and she gave him some decaf coffee. And, that always and works. And then finally got a hold of the neighbor because they were looking for him. They had no idea. You know, this guy just walked away from his house. Man, that was bananas. I was like yeah. five or six years old when that happened. And then your sister came down and said, I got candy. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Mr. Minucci <laughs> hey, Mr. Malucci, threw yeah, over yeah. a second floor yeah, window. Took, yeah, he said, yeah, give me those M&Ms. <laughs> Ooh, fine, with the M&Ms. You're always teasing the kids. Give me those. Those nagled kids and their candy. Yeah, I'll break your arm. <laughs> your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it's going to be uh, sunny with a high of 66 Tomorrow, uh, rainy with a high of 59. It's 43 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and uh, that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Ram Power Days is on at Leah Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. That means we have extra incentives and rebates to get you to the payment you need. Featuring the powerful 2023 Ram. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 752 and Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 66. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 61. It's uh, 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Every week on Baxi's Musical Podcast, I'm talking to somebody new. It could be a, a, a rock and roll hall of famer. It could be an obscure artist. It could be a producer, an engineer, any number of things, record executives. This week, I'm talking to Xander Schloss, the longtime bass player for the uh, hardcore band The Circle Jerks. He was also uh, Kevin the Nerd in the film Repo Man. He scored a bunch of films, including uh, the film Sid and Nancy. Guy's got a hell of a story on him, and you can find that on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Robbie Gray, the lead singer from the band Modern English. Remember them? I'll melt with you. I'll stop the world and melt with you. Yeah, that guy. So uh, they got a brand new album coming out next year, and I'm going to be talking to him starting on Monday. Again, all on uh, rock102.com, brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Um, I'm looking at uh, somebody sent me a post along from the East Long Meadow Community Forum. Okay. Uh, I honestly believe the East Long Meadow Rotary is the worst. It should be changed to a true rotary where the vehicles stay to the right and go around, exiting at each street. Close off the road that cuts through the center island by making it a full island. I'm surprised uh, they haven't redesigned that over the years. I think they like it. I think they do, I think the town likes it because it's uh, it's so unusual and dangerous. It gives you, uh, oh, we have this here. This is our our, Mm. uh, little uh, uh, tourist attraction. You know, tourists come from all over to go through that thing. Yeah, and and the the problem is it's so convenient to use it to get from one end of town to to the other, and yet it's a a free-for-all death trap. Uh, I've been navigating that seven-road intersection for over 35 years and only been in one accident that wasn't even my fault. You can't make a standard rotary with seven streets coming into it. With all the roads coming to the center, the worst road to enter it, in my opinion, is Elm Street. I yield my time to another person on this forum. 
He's not wrong. I think Elm Street is the worst way to get in. I've been navigating it for 45 years. I've never had a problem. The issue is that people don't abide by the yield sign, so you have to drive very defensively. He's not wrong about that either. He should be driving defensively anyway. I've been doing this for 51 years. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is where you get them all coming out. <laughs> all, you know, they, they see a post about, uh, you know, maybe some community event going on. Nobody touches that one. But you mentioned the East Longmeadow Rotary. You get those boomers with the suspenders on, and they're ripping them up, and I'm going... <laughs> And they get their fingers ready for their keyboard warrior battle that yeah, they're, they're going to have. They're, and they go they're, online. And they're they, gnarled uh, yeah. osteoporosis fingers. Let me misspell and put things in capital letters for the rest of this post. <laughs> Six stop signs would do the trick down there. <laughs> Never had a problem. 55 years. Pay attention, people. Back in my day, our horse and buggies had to go through that thing, yeah. and all of our horses died, yeah. and we liked it. One horse went up Elm Street, and the other one went down Maple Street. It was chaos that day. <laughs> you should have been there. Horses sliding all over the place, crashing into each other's buggies. And now you know why we can't have drive through restaurants in this town. <laughs> The horse and buggy ruined it for everybody. He tried to go into that McDonald's drive-thru. He used to have a McDonald's right down there with a drive-thru, a walk-thru for the horse. And then the thing says, max height 5'6". The horse, bam, right into it. The horse is dead. And now we had to get a new... We couldn't yeah, have a the sign should have said no more than yeah. six hands tall. Yeah, no more fast food restaurants with drive-thrus in the, in the town of East Longmeadow. Damn it. <laughs> it's 757 at Rock 102. Want to know what it sounds like to win $1,000? Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, there are times when a guy has to accept that the windows of opportunity have not just gently closed with the passing of time. They have slammed shut. They have been shuttered covered with plywood and secured in a place with a Stanley Heavy Duty 18-gauge nail gun, which I should point out you can purchase from Rocky's Ace Hardware using your Ace Rewards card to enjoy great discounts at various times throughout the calendar year. Having said that, there are times when the most diluted thinking overlooks the closing of those opportunities and keeps begging for more. Last week, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick wrote a humble two-page letter to the New York Jets offering his services to join the team's practice squad. Yesterday, the letter was posted online by Kaepernick's close friend, rapper Jay Cole. In that letter, Kaepernick suggests that by bringing him into the fold, he could assist in getting the Jets' defense better prepared for their upcoming games and their rigorous schedule. And if by chance there would be some unfortunate injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, he would be more than ready and grateful for the opportunity to fill that position. Well, that's certainly something to consider. I mean, what's the harm in investing in a guy who, despite hasn't the fact he hasn't played football at any level for seven years, I mean, he'd be on the practice squad. Not causing problems, not lying in wait, not wishing all kinds of pain and suffering on Zach Wilson. He would just be there to help the Jets during a tumultuous time in which everybody hates their current starting quarterback. And they could get Colin by signing him to a simple practice squad salary of just $20,000 per week. Folks, for $20,000 a week, I'd be willing to join the Jets practice squad with a giant target on my back. 
Look, I know Colin Kaepernick is obsessively looking to get back into the game, but after seven years, Colin Kaepernick is starting to act more and more like Uncle Rico and less than a viable option as a backup quarterback for any team, including the New York Jets, who surprisingly enough have shown very little interest in putting a delusional opportunist on their practice squad. Because as bad as things seem, Zach Wilson is still a better option. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Catherine's Ben's a painting school, and I don't mean the Royal Academy of Art in London. Catherine is the Palmer Rockies well-trained paint professional. Get Benjamin more paint, cabin stains, and rock-solid service from the paint professionals like Catherine at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.09 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 69, giggity. Tomorrow, rain with a high of 61. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Before we get into uh, Scott Zolak, real quick, the uh, keyword to cash for your $1,000 uh, is the word shop. That's S-H-O-P, shop. Go to the keyword to cash contest page on rock102.com. Enter shop uh, before midnight for your chance to win $1,000. Good luck from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, will the Cowboys be able to clean up and get back to their dominant ways, or will Bill Belichick mastermind his way to victory? We find out now from our expert sports broadcaster, <laughs> Scott Zola. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. Good. I hope you're okay with that introduction. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, you know, let me ask you this, Scott. This is uh, kind of interesting. You know, in uh, in the NFL's entire 103-year-long history, um, do you find, if you were to amass a list of, say, like the top five dirtiest players in NFL history, would you put Mac Jones on that list? No. God, <laughs> he wouldn't even be on any list. Now, the things Mac have done, have, have done is somewhat, uh, I, would, I would term them bratty, uh, maybe under, under the belt. Right. But, I don't view Mac as a dirty player. Dirty players are for guys that are trying to take guys' legs out, trying to injure. Um, you know, the self-intent is there. You can see it. It's after the whistle. Uh, you know, pushing and you know, shoving, those things happen. Those are course of a game. Well, I'm just, um, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that, uh, that at least Mac Jones is making the top five of anything in the NFL right now. That's uh, at least, <laughs> at least that's some sort of statistic he can hang his hat on. Well, you got, you got to be careful. There's a bad list and there's a good list. We want to be on the good list. Right, right. Uh, being yeah. among the dirtiest players in the NFL, I don't uh, I don't buy that. And I certainly don't buy that the fact that that was Chris Long who uh, who posted that on, on Twitter. That's, uh, I mean, that's, you know, as a former Patriot, I would expect you probably would keep that kind of thing to yourself. Yeah, the big thing is, okay, what kind of quarterbacks did Chris play with? So you go down a list, okay, was he in? Yeah, I guess he was with... Uh, um, L.A. Right? Yeah, he was out there for a while. Right. So you had uh, who's the hell? Who's the, who's the trucker out there? It's Stafford, Matthew Stafford. So right. probably doesn't view him as a dirty guy. And where else did he go? Was he with the, was he with the Bears a little bit? May have been. I don't, I don't even remember. But he was he's, he's bounced around a number of times. That's for sure. Yeah, he's bounced around. But my point is, that it's not really a high profile quarterback. You start playing with high profile quarterbacks. Watched a lot more. Um, more games are on bigger TV, meaning okay, the primetime games, afternoon games, night games. So more things will become visible when you watch these teams more than you do these teams that are pretty putrid. When when you watch the the video of the of the uh, the alleged punch to to Sauce Gardner's groin, uh, 
I mean, to, I don't really see it as a as a punch. I just see it as like one of those, you know, those unintentional things that sometimes happen when you know football players are on top of each other trying to you know pull somebody down. Sometimes a fist just happens to get you know in, in a in a you know in a helmet or in a, in, a, in the chest or or in a groin. I mean, it can happen to anything in the in that moment. Yeah, I think what we need to do is come up with some kind of game in preseason pregame warmup, something like yank it. Where you get five guys in a circle and circle spins, and the guy blindfolded standing there, and he's got to reach his hand out, and he's got to yank it or hit it. You know, we can do certain things like that to help uh, help these guys understand yes and no, what's good and what's bad, which ones hurt more, and which ones don't. Why does it sound like a? Why does that sound like a, like a hazing thing at the at like, at like for like a lacrosse team or something? Just those exist. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, um, you got to do things to make a team, you know, and that's just those types, those type of things. But I mean, he's one of those guys that I think you know isn't a bona fide superstar. Mac, he's sort of just like a journeyman type guy, you know. And I think I'm looking at it from the for the league perspective. So if you're a guy like Chris Long and that, like look at this guy, who the hell does this guy think he is? He even has the ability to get away with these little petty type of things. And I think these, this is why people are on him. Uh, maybe if it's Brady or something, you know, you're looking the other way. Yeah, the uh, the, the the fact that the Patriots finally got a win uh, under the belt, I think, is is great. Uh, you know, the Jets seem to be a team that's in a lot of trouble and a lot of disarray, and 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 the Patriots at least oh. seem to put something together. You know, finally. So I mean, it's almost a shame that they got to go right into Dallas to try to take a, a second win because I think most people are not looking at this game as a as a real possibility for a W with the Patriots. And hopefully Dallas isn't doing that. You know, they lost three guys. They lost two offensive linemen. Diggs is down the star corner, the number one corner. He's down with an ACL, so he's done for the year. Um, coming up after us is San Francisco, who's undefeated, 3-0. Yeah. So you had that big game out there. Then we come in. It's a home game. They can catch us going through the motions, hopefully, a little bit. We catch them. And if we pop them, we're 2-2, two and two guys, and we're off and running to where we got a pretty – Pretty little late schedule coming up around the corner. That not light, but none of these games are light. But it's better than playing Pittsburgh or that. You know, you, you play the Saints, you play the Colts. Um, I think we play the Raiders coming up. So there's a couple teams that we're going to play in there that we should take care of. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people saying that you know Mac and the offense probably don't have much of a, a chance against that defense in Dallas. I mean, what would need to happen uh, in order for them to, to to play against that that kind of defense? I mean, do they just need everybody doing their job, or do they just need Dallas to not play up to their ability? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the best thing. You can't blow assignments. I think the best thing about this defense is the assignments, the control, the ability to rotate guys. Keep guys fresh. Keep the ball in front of you. Let them drive the football. Let them get 80 yards. But, hey, once we get downside to 20, you know, let's tighten up down there. Let's come out of here with three. Uh, and we got to fight that going the other way to try to get seven. So it's sort of that, that pitch and punch game. Like, you know, which team has advantage here? Which team has the flow of the game? And, and hopefully we'll have that at 425 on Sunday. Uh, is uh, Elliot's going to be in, in Dallas for the, the first time? I mean, that's got to be. You know, for a guy who's spent his entire career in in Dallas, it's got to be kind of a pretty emotional thing to go to go back, face old players, face old coaches, and uh, and and hopefully have a good game. 
I mean, he just came out of there. The locks should have changed yet. I'd still go over there and mess around on Saturday before the game. Go see guys. Go see old friends. Um, see what happens. You know, yeah. Just to get in their head a little bit. Hey, Zeke's here. You guys better watch out. I had a pretty good game last week, 80 yards. Um, the standings in the in the conference are are, are pretty interesting. Dow, uh, you know, Miami is 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 undefeated. Uh, you know that the offense of of Miami has just been playing ridiculous football. It's I mean it's only week four. It's probably too early to make any kind of you know decisions here or any kind of you know, real judgments. But are, are you looking at is it is it something really special going on there, or have they just had you know three really good games in a row, and and this is what you see. I think we lost him. I think we lost Scott Zola. Ah, what are you gonna do? Hey, oh. these things happen. Or he's just—he just passed out. Maybe he just passed it. Maybe he's just overwhelmed <laughs> with all the information that we've had here on the show. Uh, that's all right. Well, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. I thought you passed what? out. Yeah, what happened, man? No, no, sorry. My kid was asking me a question. I had to run down and answer. Sorry about it. Oh, hey, look, hey, that's, oh, hey, no. that's all right. You know what? That's more important than any of this. Yeah, garbage. I was, yeah. I was, <laughs> is, are the kids okay? <laughs> it's fine. Good. Oh, good. All right. No, I was I was asking about about Miami and that offense. I mean, they're just they've been playing yeah. you know, at such a high level. I know it's early in the season still, but do you think what they're doing is something that is sustainable over the season, or are they just they just had three great games in a row? Well, I think the think first of all, they didn't have Waddle in that game, so all those numbers that they put up seventy with was without Jalen Waddle. Um, I think it goes to show you how bad Denver is. Yeah, I don't I mean, care. I don't care what state your defense is in. To give up seventy is really hard to do in this league. At some point, it just tells me that the Denver Broncos quit. So, and it's not Mike McDan- Mike McDaniel's um, job to take his foot off the gas. Right, I would have done it either. Hey, you got to stop me. Um, but it was classy for him not to go for the record. So a little bit of mixture there. But um, yeah, well, weird game, man. We were watching that while the game was going. <laughs> I mean, you know, seventy to twenty is like a ridiculous score for for any team. And I remember you know games in which you know when Bill Belichick got you know accused of you know running up a running up a score, and his his argument has always been, "Listen, I'm here to win a football game, and I got to do it any way I can." Same thing with uh, with McDaniel in in, uh, in in Miami. I mean, he's not going to just give up and 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 let things change. But a fifty point win is ridiculous. It's insane. It's insanity. You know, at some point, I guess, down the road, it helps you in tiebreakers, right? When you get all jumbled up at the end and which team's first place, second place, which one gets the bye, which one's going on the road. Those type of tiebreakers, you know, points, points allowed, those will come into play at some point. Unbelievable. All right. Well, so uh, so, so, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, you know, when do you head to Dallas? Is that uh, like tomorrow or Saturday? What do you do? No. We don't, we, we'll get on Saturday with the team, so that'll be fun. Oh, that's cool. So I mean, do you yeah. I mean, do you travel with the rest of the team, or do you have to like you know take a bus? Yeah. No, no, we, we travel. So how is I mean, so what what is what is that like when the, when everyone's you know traveling to you know out of town? I mean, is everybody what is the mood on on a, on the plane when that uh, when you're going out of town and you just you finally win your first game? And I mean, does it are, are the moods changed now? Absolutely, <laughs> you could have a boisterous uh. uh a plane, or you could have a very dead plane, and after losses, those are very dead planes. Yeah, I but, would. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys will talk to you a little bit more if they win. Yeah, and if you don't win, they can just walk right by you. Yeah, here, give me another cup. 
would think the uh, the flight from oh I don't know say like Miami back to Denver must be the sl- most quietest, boringest, horrible flight ever. Like you'd you'd almost wish for you know like delays or you know to be bumped on that flight. Any anything you can do to not yeah, sit with the rest of, of the team. Oh, it's awful! It's awful. I hey, bet. Hey Scott, I have a quick listener question. Uh, yeah. Rodin, why do you wear sunglasses on your TV show? Because we have eight uh, canister lights that are high tech. Um, what do you, not LED, but they just pump, man. These white ones. And if I did that for four straight hours, I would get a migraine. Yeah, I, that's a I good. Convert. That's a good point because people don't realize when they see you, you know, on TV, they just see you all, uh, you know, lit up like like it's normal lighting. But you're actually facing these giant spotlights, probably directly in your retinas. So, yeah, exactly. Long canister lights. Plus, you can't tell if I'm sleeping or not. So that's also better. Oh, well, you know, I, I, you know what? I do that here. I yeah. put sunglasses on in the studio, and nobody knows that I'm alive. Yeah, half the half the time he's see, sleeping through these know. conversations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Let's find out what happens with Dallas. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Pack by two. Pick it. All right, All right. there you go. All right, Scott Zolak with Bax and Nagel. It's 821 on Rock 102. Live in concert. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 829 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 69. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 61. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Beautiful day for the Big E. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go today. Big staff staff outing. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just throwing this out there. But uh, if anybody knows any uh, particular places to park, during this morning's trip to the Big E. If you could email us, uh, steve at rock102.com. Or, yeah, uh, well, what's wrong with Gate 9? Huh? What's wrong with Gate 9? Well, Gate 9's a fine gate. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of gateness going on there. The uh-huh. Great gate. Right. Uh, but uh, it would be nice to, you know, maybe be near a 4 or a 5 or, uh, you know, somewhere very close yeah. by that you could just walk right. I'm just saying... No, I get it, but like the whole staff is meeting like in one area, and, yeah. and the closest parking lot to that one area is in fact Gate Nine. And I may in fact have one of those cool T-shirts that uh, we have from uh, the radio station. Huh. I'm just saying there might be one in my car. I didn't realize those were yours to give away. I wasn't uh, saying I'd huh. be giving away. I'm just saying I'd be carrying one with me. Ah, I you see. Know. Yes. Of course. Well, okay. Well, hey, I'm listen. just throwing it out there. If anybody has a parking space down at the Big E this morning, yeah, let me know. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get right on that. Hey, by the way, tomorrow, good possibility we're talking to a comedian, Bill Burr. He's going to be at the Mass Mutual Center on Sunday night. This is the second of two shows that he's done in just the last couple of months. So it'd be great to have uh, Bill Burr back in town. That's going to be awesome. We got news next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. 834 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Big Y. Rack up points, stack up savings. It's my Big Y rewards. Here's local radio, radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. After a jury waived trial, the court found him guilty. Uh, they said the court's clerk on Wednesday, shortly after closing arguments ended, a judge found Miguel Rodriguez guilty of kidnapping and raping a young girl back in 2020. The 11-year-old girl was walking home from the bus stop on a January afternoon when she was forced into the back of a blue Honda prompting an amber alert and a frantic search. The hours-long search came to an end after one brave couple sprung into action after spotting a vehicle that matched the description of the one police were looking for. 
uh, though Amanda Daisley says she doesn't see herself as a hero. Instead, uh, she says, I call us parents, and we have four. I'd hope someone would do that for us. The whole community came together that day. Daisley and her husband, Benny Correa, had the uh, uh, police and called the police and then followed the 24-year-old suspect in a pursuit that ultimately led to his capture. Now, three years after that frightful day, Rodriguez was stone-faced as his guilty verdict was read. Mm. The scumbag gets sent away. Uh, for one count uh, of aggravated kidnapping, the jury waived trial found uh, him guilty. Uh, the couple once again spoke with Western Mass News to share their reaction to Wednesday's verdict, and they said they were jumping for joy. They were happy. Amanda Disley flew from Florida to testify in the Springfield courtroom where she saw Rodriguez again. These, uh, it was so lucky that these people had seen this kid and no, and knew that there was something wrong. Do, yeah. uh, do you remember this? Yeah, I, I, I vaguely, yeah, I do remember the story where the uh, the Amber Alert went out. Unfortunately, uh, this dirtbag already did things, and then, but by the time they caught up to him, but at least, you know, uh, she something worse didn't happen. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's crazy. These these people are crazy. These people are nuts, man. You can't, uh, I don't know, you can't go anywhere without these people doing stupid things like Well, you know, uh, stupid people tend to uh, repeat stupid things. That's just uh, the nature of stupidity. Uh, Over a decade ago, Anna Marie Cochran was found murdered by strangulation in her home in Granby. Her wife, Cara Rentala, then became a suspect in the case and that has not concluded in over a decade. The first two trials happened in 2013 and 2014, resulting in hung juries. A third trial in 2016 ended with the jury finding Rintella guilty of first-degree murder. However, in 2021, the mass SJC overturned the decision, stating expert witness testimony was used improperly. This current trial began on September 6, with closing arguments wrapping up yesterday. Uh, Anna Marie's body is covered in white paint, and the inference the Commonwealth wants you to draw is that uh, that was a cover-up to trace evidence. Why does Cara Rintala need to cover up trace evidence in her own house, said Rintala's defense attorney, Rosemary uh, Shapikio. Uh, the Commonwealth argued that Rintala spilled paint in their home's basement to cover up a crime scene, eliminating any evidence. Some blood couldn't be seen until this crystal violet was applied and suddenly the bright purple fluorescent glow came out. There is blood that used to be there that uh, the defendant tried to clean up and remove, said uh, first ADA uh, Stephen Gagne. So it's in deliberations now. We'll see what happens with this one. <sighs> Fourth time. Fourth time uh, around. Fourth time is the charge? Or is the uh, is the charm? I don't know if it's a charm. I mean, it's a murder uh, trial after all. It's just that it's taken four times. Well, uh, you know. I, I mean, yeah, really. Four times. She just likes being in court. I think that's what it is. I don't think anyone really likes to be in court, at least not that does. much. I don't know about that. She likes that. being in court. She likes the, the Northampton scene. You know, after one of those verdicts, I saw her out drinking a beer at the uh, the Northampton uh, Brewery. You Cele- did, didn't you? Yeah. Celebrating. Yeah. Celebrating. Oh, well, it's, it's, oh. it's cause for cause for party, I suppose. Well, it's it's crazy how you go from celebratory to uh, panic, you know, <laughs> mode. Yeah, the, cele- the celebration was brief. Well, it's like, you know, you hold the celebratory party uh, the first time. Oh, yeah, congratulations. And then the, then, then you do it again the second time. Oh, yeah, congrats. You know, it's, it's like having a baby shower for, like, the third kid. 
Yeah, you know you're right. I mean? yeah, Nobody really yeah. wants to go. Congratulations already... on the outcome of this trial. Yeah, we've already uh, we've already uh, praised you the first time. We don't need to do this three more times. <laughs> Seven people have pleaded guilty to running a large-scale marriage fraud agency that arranged hundreds of fake marriages, including lying about domestic abuse, to get green cards, according to federal prosecutors. On Wednesday, Marisolito Bio Benitez, uh, 49, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit marriage fraud and immigration document fraud, according to the U.S. Attorney Joshua Levy's office. Uh, officials said Benitez operated an agency out of L.A. that submitted fraudulent immigration documents and performed sham marriages for at least 600 clients between October 2016 and March 2022, including at least one person in Massachusetts. I really wish I had cornered the market on fake weddings to DJ. That would have been uh, yeah, that would have been great. Mean, I mean, would you you probably would have gone for a discounted price. Uh, where's your reception? Uh, the subway on Riverdale Street. <laughs> you mean the sandwich place yeah. or the? Uh, no, there isn't a subway system in West Springfield. No, there's an old subway car that's been uh, oh, lost okay. in the in the weeds right. back. Yes. There. You know what? We're going to fancy this one up. We're going to D'Angelo's. <laughs> People would pay between twenty dollars and $35,000 in cash oh my to God. get these weddings done. The uh, agency would uh, pair foreign national clients with citizen spouses who were paid. They would then stage fake wedding ceremonies at chapels, parks, and other locations. This included a hired online officiant and the photos with a prop wedding decorations such as just married signs they also uh, coach clients and the spouses through interviews with the u.s citizenship and immigration services this is like uh kind of like the steve nago college of knowledge preparing you yeah. for a life of crime without getting caught it's a good point you know actually you might uh you know that might be another like uh, uh, another focus on the steve nago college of knowledge marriage yeah. It's like a whole marriage. Marriage yeah. is a union. I mean, that's like a, like a whole curriculum about yeah. marriage. I think we could do it. Yeah, I think you could do that easily. Uh, however, if the paid spouses became unresponsive or uncooperative, officials said the agency would apply to obtain green cards under the Violence Against Women Act, which allows non-citizen victims of spousal abuse to apply for lawful permanent resident status without their spouse's involvement. They'd claim the undocumented clients had been abused by the American spouses and would submit fraudulent applications on clients' behalf for temporary restraining orders against spouses based on fabricated domestic violence uh, allegations. This is like a scumbag chicken or scumbag egg thing, you know. Wait, which came first? Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're you're fraudulently trying to get money. By faking to marry somebody who's an illegal immigrant. Right. This person running the illegal marriage uh, company is then going after you in such a way that if you don't agree and pay up, they will ruin your life by mm. filing restraining orders against you, which you can do, which anybody can just walk into a courthouse and do that. Did you know that, by the way? Uh, yeah. No, I knew that. You could just walk in. Without any evidence, and say, "Hey, this guy needs a restraining order." Yes, and, I did uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I will tell you, it's like uh, you know, you know, marriage is a is not always easy. It's a simple. It's not uh, you know, it's not the simplest thing in the world. Uh, a lot of compromises need to be made. Uh, you know, when you're 
going into a sham marriage, uh, the last thing you expect is to be shaken down by the person marrying you. This sounds like the perfect marriage. You get married. You don't ever have to see the person other than for the photo shoot. And then you get money. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's assuming you're getting into this marriage uh, you know, without love. Like there's no love or physical contact There's involved. no love here. Yeah, well, clearly, yeah. clearly. This is not like a 90-day fiancé where clearly those people are deeply and passionately in love. Well, that could happen. Sure. How many, what's the success rate on a 90-day fiancé? Uh, not very marriage? good. Yeah, really? Well, I, I, yeah, no, I mean, I can't say not very good. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but, uh, you know, like any marriage, sometimes uh, there's just, there's just too much, too much uh, acrimony in the, in cultures. What a dumb show, 90 Days. Yeah, it does really kind of uh, diminish the uh, the sanctity of holy matrimony. You know, you could lose a lot of weight in 90 days by going on a you know a diet or uh, True. some sort of plan. Why gain weight? <laughs> I guess it depends yeah. on how you perceive weight. You know, I mean, you know, the workout is just as hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you're gaining uh, yeah, extra you're weight. You're gaining the 250-pound uh, uh, man you just decided to marry from a foreign country. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 69. Giggity tomorrow, rainy with a high of 61. It is 47 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Get checking. That checks all the boxes for... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's uh, 850. And Stone Temple Pilots of Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, gonna be uh, sunny with a high of 69 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 61. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. You've uh, you lived in Massachusetts long enough to know that uh, when the state wants something, they're uh, willing to pay through the nose in order to uh, to get it, even yeah. if it, even if it's an abject failure. Of course. Uh, Boston's new 2.2 billion subway extension, the new Green Line, the Green Line extension. Uh, has been forced to slow trains to just three miles an hour, meaning it's quicker for most commuters to walk. Uh, the Green Line extension, which was opened last year uh, by the uh, by the MBTA, is already plagued with problems with its track, meaning that train speeds have been reduced dramatically. The defective tracks caused by metal being too close together in many spots means trains are moving slower than the average than, uh, than, than people can walk around town. They're worried about derailments. After spending $2.2 billion for this Green Line extension. Why are they worried about derailments all of a sudden? Uh, because uh, apparently uh, they put these in incorrectly. The rails they put in incorrectly? It sounds as though that the rails, that the, the metal is, is uh, like too close, and uh, that has really gummed up the system. And so after all that money they spent... It ain't working properly, and they're going three miles an hour. And now we're looking at uh, East-West Rail here in Massachusetts, in Western Mass. Uh, I can only imagine how well that's going to go. Oh, we'll just jump the track when we get to it. Oh, look at you. See? A train joke. Yeah, yes. a train joke. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's that's the, the subway system, but but any rail uh, travel, you said it before, there's a lot more derailments that we even hear about. Oh, they happen almost every day, depending on, you know, where you are in the country. There's always a derailment. It's like a car accident. There's car accidents that happen all the time. There's train derailments that happen all the time. And derailment doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the giant chemical spill out in Ohio where, you know, they're releasing 
hydrochloric acid into the air for everybody to breathe. Right. Um, but it could be like, you know, one car comes off a track, you know, one set of wheels. That's still considered a, quote, derailment. Right. So it happens all the time. But you wouldn't want to be derailing if you have a car full of people stuck in a subway tunnel. Yeah. And think about that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean think about that. I mean, you're, you're commuting from like one part of town to another. And you're yeah. going three miles an hour. I mean, I don't know what the average walking speed is, but that seems to be a pretty, you know, that means to be a pretty, uh, you know, unacceptable form of of, yeah. of uh, spending good state money. Well, hey, I mean, uh, you know, what have we ever spent money in a good way on? You know, even when they did the big dig, that place still had to be redone because. Yeah, we cut corners and there yeah. was a piece of tile that fell down and killed somebody. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, but you know, the, listen, uh, the, the Green Line extension may be a may be a failure, may not be safe, but at least we can be f- comfortable knowing that if anyone had to go to trial for uh, negligence in that situation, yeah, they could always come to the Roderick Island Courthouse. Oh yeah, yeah there's plenty of there's plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, down there. where you know that uh, that building is perfectly safe. You know, uh, this actually brings up a good point. Would you now take the train to go to your precious Red Sox games? Probably be easier to park at the Prudential Center and walk. Well, I mean, I've I've been saying that all along, that uh, you take it to Newton Station, you don't even have to take it into the Green Line extension. Oh, well, now you're just picking colors. And I'm just actually choosing colors. saying that, not really knowing what the hell I'm you, talking you about. You have no idea what you're talking about. No, because I, yeah. I don't. I haven't really followed that part of the green line. I haven't I haven't. Well, you were memorized. so sure about uh, the, you were so sure about the way this, this train thing ran that well, day that I, I was in Boston. Can't say I've committed the entire T uh, map to memory. I mean, I would have to go, uh, you know, look it up to be, to know for sure, but uh, I'm not going, I don't want to go three miles an hour. You don't? If I want to go three miles an hour, I'll take a car. <laughs> That's the same amount of, yeah, it will take you the same amount of time to get from downtown Boston to out of the city. I don't think I've ever driven over three miles an hour in the city of Boston in years. Wait a minute. There's, a, there's two points only have a mile between them. Why does it take an hour? Because you're in Boston. You're in Boston. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Hey, uh, next week, the uh, the Mighty Oktoberfest returns to the uh, to the fort, Student Prince in uh, in Springfield. And, uh, man, it's two, two nights of a great deal of fun. Uh, I'll be helping to tap the keg. I'll introduce trailer trash that night. It's going to be a wicked good fun uh, night on at least Friday night, Saturday night, just as good. We happen to have a four-pack of tickets to the 10th caller right now at 293-1021. Tickets to the Mighty Oktoberfest on Fort Street at the Student Prince. Good luck to you. Good luck. There you have it. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All good? Right. Okay. You're good. All, all right. right. All right. All right. Watch the phones light up. Yeah. There oh, they're blowing. There, there, there they go. There they go. There's one. All right. Uh, there's, uh-huh. a, there's another. When's the second one? When's the second one? Uh, okay. Oh, oh, there's number two. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll wait. Ooh, it's lighting up like a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> it's like NASA in here yeah, all yeah, of a it sudden. Is. It's 856 on Rock 102. 